gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum. Uh, I will be, after this episode, relinquishing my host hat. I've had a wonderful time, uh, but it is I, Brendan, the new blood. And with me, as always, two very wonderful people. We... (laughs) Okay, I guess not. Someone finds that funny. Uh, we have Ian with cooies. It hurts. How's it going, Brennan? Yeah. How do you start every episode off screaming into the mic? <laughs> it never fails. How's it going? Uh, good. How are you doing, man? Uh, pretty freaking good. Uh, as soon as we got off the cast for the last episode, I last went week. in a oh, whole week ago, a whole seven days ago. Um, I immediately watched uh, Martyrs because I haven't seen it in a long time, and mm. that shit, mm, it slaps. Yeah, but I remember, I remember why I, I can only give it like a a B. Why? It's got a, it's got like a good thirty minutes of pure boring, um, um, redundant torture. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, you mean the like uh, the cell scene? Yep. Yeah. It's like thirty minutes, and, <laughs> and she's just really boring. She's just getting punched in the face the whole she's time. Just getting the shit beat out of her. It's like, <laughs> okay, uh, cool. But then it like brings it home, and and you, yeah. But it's good. Nice. What else have you been watching? I watched My Friend Dahmer, which has the guy from Austin and Alley. Shout out to that show from my childhood. Um, it was really bad. Um, like, I don't know if the acting was supposed to be that awkward and offensive in a way, but um, it was it was just really bad in like almost every sense. How is acting offensive? Um, The character, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, he (laughs) plays like, uh, he kind of acts special needs throughout the the movie. And it's like, it's pretty uncomfortable to watch. Mm. Um, And he's, he's just doing it to be funny and like, popular and i don't know if he did that in real life um but if he did screw that guy i mean screw him already because he killed people but also because of that yeah for sure but it's totally uh different from like the persona that um we know him for from like the trials like how Mm -hmm. he's very suave and um uh kind of careful with his words and the the judge even said like he could be he could have been a lawyer right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so is isn't that movie based off the graphic novel of the same name no idea i went in completely blind oh, i just okay. i just knew the uh the main guy the main actor <laughs> i was like oh cool i want to see if he can act he cannot he cannot <laughs> he cannot i went into the Dahmer lore completely blind <laughs> <laughs> Well, this was <laughs> Young Dahmer, so I didn't know any of sure, that. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and then I watched another Mike film, which was the Western that uh, uh, Kyle saw in theaters. That's right. <laughs> and I'm not hugely, I've never hugely been into Westerns, but it was a very well-made movie. Um, a, lot of, a lot of great shots. Um, and, uh, you yeah, know, it, it, it was just a good-made Western I noticed you gave it a D, though. Uh, what were your complaints about it? It being a Western and me not being into Westerns. So uh, I just didn't like the setting. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Same with like pirate movies. I just don't like it's just something I'm not into. You know, they can be like well-made movies, but I'm just it's not entertaining for me. Uh, and then lastly, I watched uh, Ko- Ko- Kotaro Lives Alone, which is an <gasps> anime. I a new one that, that came you, you like it? Yes. It's a new one that came on Netflix, 2022. Did you finish it? Uh, 
my roommate watches it, so I've caught maybe three or four episodes. Um, so I've definitely missed a lot of the story, but each episode, I just fall in love with it so much. Yeah, I, for people that are like newly getting into anime, I can see it being like very well done, but it's just so generic and like cliche. I thought it was going to take a different direction and it did not. It no, just it's, it's so cute. It is, but it's but that's like every anime. It just yeah. No one's as cute no as Kotaro. He is very cute. He's a cute, very cute character. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just by the end, I didn't like the the direction it took. Um, so yeah, but that's, that's it for right. me. Also, next to us is Daddy Skin. We got Kyle. What It's your boy D Skin Jacket. Um, I know I reported last week that I was going to have a lot of content for you this week, <laughs> but it's only been a couple. Actually, no, I'm sorry, not to break the uh, the fourth the illusions here. Yeah, it is actually a week, so I guess I failed you. But um, I watched the original Paranormal Activity uh, for the first time since its original release, and that movie is boring as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but um i did enjoy the third act um it ramps up at the end and it gets more interesting um there's just not a lot of substance to that movie but i do appreciate it and what it brought to the horror genre um i gave it a d on letterboxd uh i started playing mad max on xbox the game which now it got me in like full mad max mode so i'm I'm going to watch uh, all four movies. It's four, right? There's four, yeah. I've only seen the original and Thunderdome. I haven't even seen two. Oh, no, no. I saw the... Uh, you haven't seen Road Warrior? The newest one. Um, I have not seen two. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the one that like, most people have seen. Yeah, well, I watched the original... Kyle's not most the- people. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't trying to like disappoint anything. <laughs> um, Thunderdome, I watched... Primarily because my dad used to watch that all the time, and it was always on, so I sat down and watched it with him, but mm-hmm. uh, never watched two. So I'm going to watch them in order, uh, along with playing the game. And the game is a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. uh, it's actually made by Warner Brothers Studios, which um, are the publishers for like the Batman Arkham games and stuff like that. And you could tell like the combat is very much inspired by the Arkham games. Like the uh, the hand to hand and the combat and the uh, like the counter system, it's it's very much Batman. Um, you've been playing that too, Brendan, right? I have. Talk to me about it. I love that game so much. Uh, the the driving aspect is. Probably my favorite part. I love uh, the the whole mechanics of uh, you basically just have to beat the shit out of other cars. Um, Chum Bucket is my favorite character. Um, yeah, he's awesome. He's amazing. Who I thought was played by Brian Cox, but I'm wrong. Uh, the the fighting in it gets a little redundant. I think kind of like uh, Arkham Knight in. They were both produced by Warner Brothers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the fighting can get a little redundant, but there's enough skills and stuff that you can level up that gives you, you know, interesting shotgun executions and the shiv executions. So um, overall, really fun game. I've been spending a lot of time. Uh, I would recommend if somebody wants to play it. Uh, the first thing you do is complete all of the tasks inside jeet's uh territory uh because that'll uh automatically refuel your refuel your car for you give you food and fill up your canteen as well as uh it'll collect scraps for you when you're offline yeah i have to say the hand-to-hand combat definitely comes second to the car combat when you start to level up your car and you get to choose how you want to like 
level your car up whether it be like the harpoon or like the gun things like that like you could systematically take other vehicles down on the road by like ripping their tires off or like shooting gas tanks in the back of the car and exploding mm-hmm. them it gets really intricate and it's fun um i'd have to agree with you the hand to hand combat is well like as long as you get good at countering it's it's pretty simple but yeah um that's cool have you been uh watching anything uh uh, no, no, all week, no, no. It's all been week, a whole seven no. days, Brennan. Jesus I've, uh, Christ, dude, <laughs> <laughs> fucking weeks, awesome. All right, right in. I've, <laughs> I've uh, just been listening to last podcast and playing Mad Max, um, Fair. and a, and a little bit deep rock here and there, a little bit deep oh, rock. I started that. I went through the uh, first mission. And I must say, the music in it slaps hard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm talking about like the little like synth it follows kind of music, where it's like when you're going through, it's really cool. It sets the mood. And uh, I didn't realize that you could literally dig through like the entire level. Now, yeah. guys, before you start like coming in oh, like Minecraft, you can do that, <laughs> right? I, I've never played Minecraft. I missed that whole generation, so sue me but um yeah it's really cool like looking at your map and seeing where you have to go and then kind of basing that on where you have to dig and then uh like the lighting system's really cool how you like pop flares and kind of go through it's a lot of fun i think scouts oh oh, yeah okay dude i'm always scout because you got the grappling hook and you have the the light gun yeah so i haven't um played a mission past like the tutorial yet so i just picked scout but just the thought of being like the guide and having the flare gun and stuff just sounded interesting to me um it kind of sounded like the most support class you could be outside of like a healer in another game mm-hmm. so um yeah i'm looking i know i gave brendan a lot of shit <laughs> you know a lot of stuff. but uh we'll still, i i want to give it a shot and then if i don't like it then i can continue to give him shit and if i do then i'll just be a hypocrite so it's fine <laughs> At least you're owning up to it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I'm never going to play this game. It sounds stupid. Hell yeah. <laughs> wait, uh, Kyle, wait until you unlock the laser gun as the scout. That shit fries. Sharks with freaking laser beams on their forehead. <laughs> freaking laser beams. I'm down. Um, but uh, we got a movie today. A movie that's from 2006, which makes it the third, if I'm counting correctly, uh, movie from 2006 we've covered. Uh, first one being Pulse. Second one being William Brent Bell's Stay Alive. Great year. Absolutely uh, great year. If, if you, I, I was, I'm going to ask you this. Uh, can you guys give me your rating obviously one being the best three being the worst uh can you rate uh stay alive pulse and this movie which is your first favorite and least favorite kyle i'm gonna let you take this one no i figured you would (laughs) (laughs) um okay so are we talking quality are we talking enjoyment are we talking like we got to think of i kind of just everything into one little package like just uh which one you and which one you enjoyed most to the least enjoyed most to the least okay i'll say pulse number three see okay so with stay alive and hatchet i enjoyed them for mostly the same reasons however i had a better experience with stay alive because i watched it with someone else and it was a little entertaining uh hatchet i did watch alone so i'm gonna probably go hatchet to stay alive one as far as my overall experience of of like how i enjoyed the films watching them okay are they my rating quality wise no it's not and I'll go Pulse uh, 3, obviously, to not enjoy the movie whatsoever. Um, and then these are like, I, I'd say they're, I don't know if this is like a cop-out, but like, I'd say they're about tied. That's fair. So you they're, could say Pulse 2 and one. these 1 and 1. All right. No, that's Pulse fair. 3. And then these no, are tied. <laughs> no, that's a cop-out. If I have to answer, you have to answer. Which one? Um, 
they're both very enjoyable. Um, I'd say, I don't know. That's really tough, man. I would say, mm, mm, mm. stay alive too. And then hatchet one hatchet one. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I would, even though I really liked pulse as a movie, I would have to put that at three, uh, this at two and stay alive at one. Um, but for, for those of you who haven't guessed, I don't know if we've said it outright. We've beat around the bush today. We're talking about hatchet, uh, written and directed by Adam green, who also has a small cameo in this movie. Uh, is anyone familiar with the works of Adam green? No, I, uh, this isn't my first Adam Green film. Oh, Brendan, uh, Pulse, the one that we covered, came out in 2001, by the way. Oh, you know what? I was looking at the remake. Yeah. Yep. So, okay, just completely disregard that. <laughs> so, out of Hatchet, Stay Alive, <laughs> and Drive, and which one would you put these in? <laughs> just, That's you know. <laughs> no, continue, Brendan, I'm sorry. I'm glad uh, you stuck that in there, though. Uh I just feel like a fucking fraud now. Um, Ian, are, were you familiar with Adam Green's work before this? Um, come back to me. I <laughs> honestly did not look up his filmography. We'll, we'll, we'll ask you on the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I've seen Frozen. Um, like the Disney movie? Yeah. Um, Ginger Dead Man. Two, I did not see. Um, no, just Frozen. Well, I personally am a really big Adam Green fan. Uh, his uh, his podcast, the movie. Did you say you would, Ian? <laughs> no, <laughs> I thought you said you would. Sorry, uh, didn't mean to cut you off, Brendan. Go ahead. No, that, that is funny though. Um, his uh, his podcast, the movie crypt with uh, Joe Lynch, the guy who made uh, Wrong Turn Two. Uh, they get some of the top names of horror on there. So uh, it's always been a very uh, hit. That podcast has been a powerful tool for me, kind of as a uh, uh, a writer um, and burgeoning director. Um, so I, I've always had like a soft spot for Adam Green in my heart. Uh, but I just want to give you guys uh, just, just a, a little background. Since I didn't come up with a catchy little intro like I have the past few movies, um, he was uh, born and raised in Holliston, Massachusetts, uh, and he went to Hofstra University, which, uh, do you guys remember the line about Hofstra in this movie? Yeah. 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 When, uh, when the- like, I didn't go to NYU. I, I went to Hofstra. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which I, I love that little- um, tidbit uh but so his first movie coffee and donuts um he has said time and time again will never be released because he used so much copyrighted music in it that it would cost i think he said more than five million dollars just to cop just to pay for the copyright fees for uh the music i i could be very off base on that number but from my memory that's what he said um but hatchet was his first uh, coffee and donuts was semi-autobiographical uh drama comedy um but hatchet was his first uh his directorial debut into horror um so uh and, and obviously hatchet spawned what was it three sequels yeah uh hatchet two hatchet hatchet two three and then victor crawley yeah (laughs) yeah um and so uh he did some other stuff and then he did uh the film that ian brought up frozen which i personally love it's uh three people get stuck on a ski lift at a ski lodge overnight um in that movie ian what were your thoughts on that do you remember uh, yeah, it's good. It's got um, Iceman in it. It's uh, it's very tense. Uh, it, yeah, it's a great movie. Um, then he went on to do Hatchet 2. Uh, and then after that, he uh, directed a segment in one of my favorite anthology movies called Chillerama. Uh, his, his segment was called The Diary of Anne Frankenstein. Oof. Uh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> um. 
which uh, had Kane Hodder in it playing uh, uh, Frankenstein's monster. Um, but the the first segment in that is called Wadzilla, about a, a giant, uh, about a sperm that becomes giant and sentient. Um, yeah, I'm seeing that right now. It's pretty epic. Yeah, uh, and there's Godzilla, another Godzilla, but a sperm. Yeah, exactly. And then there's another one called I Was a Teenage Werebear, which is like a uh, satirical 50s homoerotic surfer movie. Um, it's super entertaining. Um, but the the last two things about him that I just really want to hit home on, uh, he has a, a found footage movie with Ray Wise called Digging Up the Marrow. Um, if you're a Ray Wise fan or a found footage fan, I highly recommend it. Um and the other thing is he has a horror sitcom called Holliston. Um, it's him and uh, Joe Lynch. It also stars D. Snyder because uh, he and D. Snyder are very good friends. And um, Odorous from Guar plays his subconscious. Hell yeah. Um, it's a great show. Only two seasons. Um, it's all on Shudder. I highly recommend it. Um, but we're not here to talk about those. We're here to talk about Hatchet. Uh, since Ian, I've asked you the past few times first, um, Kyle, (laughs) today, Kyle, I'm going to ask you, what did you think of Hatchet? So going into Hatchet, I had very different expectations of this movie. I didn't know it was so heavily focused on comedy as well, but it was very welcomed. So when I first started watching the film, it seemed very 2000s, like immediately. Uh, I mean, it popped off with Marilyn Manson, can't get any better. And then it had a very like, it almost felt like a TV show, the way it was like filmed and written, like the way the pace of the acting was and everything was very TV show. Um, and it was... I don't know. It like it. It made me nostalgic or nostalgic for some reason. <laughs> like I, I don't know why. Like something about it seemed familiar, even though I've never seen the movie. Um, but I really enjoyed this film a lot more than I thought I was going to. Uh, and I just think the comedy w- when you get into this comedy horror stuff, especially in this time frame around the two thousands, it's either gonna like drop hard or it's going to be pretty good and this it it for the most part hit really well and i think the cast was really good and the comedic timing was really well done it was it it just it exceeded my expectations in a lot of ways and uh yeah i i really enjoyed it and i really want to see the sequels nice good i'm happy to hear it ian uh i also oh wait Kyle, where did you uh where'd you oh, view yeah, it? And would you add it to Christ. your collection? Oh, um, so I watched it on HBO Max. No, I'm kidding. I watched it on <laughs> TV, unfortunately. I was just about uh, to punch myself in the face if it was on HBO Max. Um I watched it on TV with uh commercials, unfortunately. Oof. Um yeah. Um but I am going to add this to my collection. I think that it is absolutely worth the ten uh, the ten bucks that Amazon is is asking for, and like I said, it gave me. I don't know. I got really fun vibes off this, and it's like the sleepaway camp vibes, kind of. Where I was really intrigued to see the next films, and now that I know the vibe that the first one sets, I hope that it continues that, and then the next ones, and it doesn't take itself too seriously, because I really think they had something special with what they were doing with this, but. We'll see. Hell yeah. Uh, I also watched this on Tubi. No ads, though. Um, a little sketchy, though. Um, I would not add this to my collection, the the single movie. But if they had a um, like collection of the films, then yes, it would be, it would be an instant buy for me. Um, the reason for is because this is an obvious part one. And yeah, I think if you're going to watch this one, you might as well just go in on the entire series. If, if the whole series is like this. 
which it, it probably is because it's it's all directed by Adam Green, which is awesome. Um, but I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I had zero expectations going into it. Um, I thought it was going to be like kind of a, a way lower budget uh, wannabe killer scenario. Um, one that you would find like late at In night. In the Hills Run Red. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, after like watching Hills Run Red, this is kind of what I expected, uh, or I, I expected that movie, um, but can, got an upgrade, a major upgrade, I would mm-hmm. say. Uh, I the agree. comedy hits, it slaps. The campiness is really great. The mm-hmm. acting is fun, and I think that the characters are pretty well written. Uh, R.I.P. Marcus, my mm-hmm. favorite character, uh, I actually fell for him. Not in love, but uh, when he unfortunately passes on, uh, I was sad. I was sad. I didn't want him to go. I mean, I think it's safe to say that we all did because I had the same yeah. experience. Like when he died, I was like, "No, Marcus!" Yeah, dude. <laughs> he, he was the best character. Yeah, he was the main character, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Um, great kills, and yeah, it's just a really fun experience. They made you care for the characters. I appreciate that. Yeah. Brendan, oh, what do you think about the movie? Me? Yeah, what you see it? Uh, I also watched it on Tubi with ads. Uh, I don't know how you go about getting Tubi without ads, uh, but if it involves paying for it, that's a hard no for me. I would never pay for Tubi. Um I I would add this to my collection and I would also if there was a collector's pack of all four or uh something I would definitely purchase that as well. Um these are the only I mean besides coffee and donuts. Uh these these are the only Adam Green movies I haven't seen. Um and kind of somewhat knowing what I was getting into, uh I was very very pleased with it. Um I will agree with you guys. Marcus is hands down the best character in this. Every quote that I have written down came directly from Marcus. Um, I I think uh, my my favorite quote is uh, I I I, <laughs> I feel like I'm in Enter the Song of the South. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> which is just hands down one of the the funniest things. Um. Uh, Kyle pointed something out in a in a text to me, which I, I don't want to say because I don't want to take the credit. Um, I'll I'll let you, Kyle, say it about the the three actors that are in this. Oh yeah, I, I mean you could have said it. It's fine. Uh, yeah, I just watching the film, I noticed that there was um, Candyman, Freddy Krueger, mm-hmm. and Jason Voorhees all in the same film, and I thought that was really cool. Um, Jason Voorhees, uh, I want to get the actor down because he didn't play all of them, obviously. Kane but we Hodder. had Tony Todd, Robert um, England, and then uh, what's his name? Kane Hodder. Yeah. So I just thought that was kind of cool that he got all three of those fucking legends in this film as well. And um, yeah, it was just neat. It was just neat. So I didn't even put that together, but yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um. So uh, let's. Uh, jump into my f- second favorite game that I like to do over here. Um, I'm going to give you guys four numbers and I want you, unless you've looked it up already to guess the budget. Um, so a 1.5 million B 2 million three, 5 million D 7 million. <clears throat> what was the second one? Five million? Uh two million. Oh, yeah, this the second one. Yeah. Um I'm gonna go seven mil. It's got it's got practical effects. Like it's gotta be it's gotta be higher on the higher end there. Uh I think it's I think it's five. One point five million budget. Whoa. That's very surprising. That is impressive. Right? right? Yeah. Um I Adam Green always has this kind of way in his in his projects to make something feel very big budget. I mean, I granted for a movie, five millions, not huge. Um, 
but you know, even if he's working with five or 10 million, he's always had this kind of way to make the movies feel bigger than they actually are. Um, but uh, yeah, 1.5. Um, so this was distributed by good old Anchor Bay. Um, I know that we we love our Anchor Bays over here. Um, so I, I guess I, we, we should just kind of get into it. Um, so the cast, I, I know we've kind of touched on it. The cast is... It, okay, so if you had to pick someone besides Marcus as a favorite character, because I mean, that's just a given, um, who would your second favorite character be? I'm gonna have to go the uh, the film director Shapiro. Yeah, I love him as an actor. Uh, Joel Murray is such yeah, a good actor. He's fucking great. I love him. Um, I would probably have to say the two adult film stars, <laughs> the two girls. I, I know the Valley Girl, dumb blonde, kind of ditzy thing is played out. But just the dynamic between those two, I thought was really funny, and the way they would just kind of rag on each other the entire time. Because mm-hmm. um, most of those jokes landed for me, actually. And uh, yeah, I would probably say the dynamic between those two. I think I think I would have to say Mary Beth, just because she's kind of a badass. Is um, she though? Mm, I mean, mm, let's talk about it. I kind of think she is because she embarks on this tour knowing what she's getting into. She has a gun and she's ready to fucking kill Victor Crawley. Ian, thoughts? True, she's got to have some nuts. She's got to have some real cojones uh, uh, to go in there and do that. Um, Why the doubt, It didn't though, look Ian? like she had any training, though, with that firearm. No. Well, yeah, I say. mean, she wasn't in the military or anything. No. You, even if you're not like come on like go to a shooting range before you bring a gun to potentially kill like a, a serial killer right well this all happened in the span of two days so she didn't have time to get her military training <laughs> <laughs> but she had time to get a gun yeah i mean that's more likely implausible than it's lazy anna <laughs> and getting training but well i thought a, she was a badass bad with a gun. <laughs> Oh, and she, she, her demeanor kind of changed at the end. She was like kind of more badass. And then I think the something shifted and then she became like a sub. I think it's when she saw her, her brother and her dad dead. Oh yeah. 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 That's that, fair. Okay, that would, that <laughs> would fair. do it. That would do it. Um, so yeah, uh, basically, uh, the movie starts with two people, alligator fishing. Uh, one of them is Robert Englund who somehow gets uh, ripped limb from limb off, se- off screen without making a single sound. Um, uh, one thing that I thought was funny is how Ainsley uh, couldn't go pee until his dad started berating him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's a kink that I did not know existed. Um, There's something for everybody. Yeah. Uh, so basically, uh, a group of people in new orleans go on a riverboat tour at night or a swamp boat tour i guess uh and then they crash and then basically they get hunted down by victor crawley uh ian i'll start with you on this one uh what was your favorite kill easy so easy it's um the kill on sheeran i believe Mm. where the camera turns around and her face is just ripped apart from jaw to top of mouth yeah that's fucking brutal that was my favorite kill that that like solidified that the kills were going to be pretty brutal throughout this film and they were they delivered i'd say all these kills are pretty good there's not like a real dull kill that i can remember yeah, there's there's not a dull kill in my book. And I would say, I mean, the, the Shannon kill is probably my favorite, but shout out to Jim right before that, him getting hacked. Mm. And the cool thing is, is when like oh, yeah. uh, Victor Crowley is holding the two pieces of the body like in each hand and then just chucks one. That whole thing was awesome. So I'm going to actually give this one to Jim with a runner up Shannon because that was dope as fuck. 
but the gym kill was really cool. I'm going to agree. I would have to say gym. And one of the things I really appreciated about that is while there's the, the low angle shot of Jim being hacked at with, uh, with the ax, you can already see that his body is splitting in half, but yeah, it's still him. Um, or at least if it's not him, they did a really good job of making it look like his face was animated and still moving and reacting. Um, wait, oh my God, the uh, Ian, uh, I wanted to bring up the how you opened up the episode. Um, <laughs> yeah. What is that line again? Ainsley. Ainsley, yeah. What? He was just yelling, like, it hurts! <laughs> <laughs> oh that was funny and then his like lower half just gets ripped apart yeah that was awesome <laughs> loved yeah. that um <clears throat> so characters in this movie i liked um jack cracker as well he's the guy who drinks his own piss oh yeah <laughs> yeah and then he actually does it it's awesome um so the the ending, I, I, I want to talk about this. So if this was just a standalone film, how would you guys feel about the, the abrupt cut to black ending? I, I would feel... Be, go ahead. Sorry, okay. No, no, go ahead. I would feel um, um, not insulted, but a little... I'd feel very bummed um, because the lead up to that was all good. And then it just... Like it, it would make me wonder if if they just didn't have enough budget to finish the movie, or if like it was such a gruesome ending that they had to make the cut to just take it out. I'd be completely fine with it, hundred percent. I I love when horror movies kill off everybody, and I love how horror movies like this one plays with the whole final girl, final guy thing, and there's just no survivors. So as far as like the hard cut. Um, I'd be cool with it. And I mean, in the end, he got everyone. I mean, they were like, what, what else is there to tell? Like, are we going to pan zoom to the city and him walking up to it or something like it, it Crawley takes new Orleans. Crawley takes new Orleans would be a dope <laughs> movie. I'd watch it, but, um, I'd be fine with it. But knowing that there is sequels has me so intrigued. So, oh, so it, it, do, do you want them. me to do you want me to tell you how the second one opens? Or? Apparently, like right from that moment, right? It does, but with a little twist. Okay, well, uh, no, well, no, well, no, I don't want to know the twist. If there's a twist, well, uh, it's played by a different actor. Oh, oh, yeah. So instead of a uh, Tamara Fieldman, it's Danielle Harris. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a good twist. Okay. Wait, that wait. Who are we talking about? That's changed. Uh, the, Mary, Mary Beth, because she didn't die. Wait, like, who say everyone died, but she did not. Well, she just got pulled out of the water. Assume, and then, yeah, you're left to assume. So, yeah. Um, who's who replaces her though? I'm not. Uh, Danielle Harris. Who's that? Who's um the little girl in Halloween four and five? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that. That that's interesting because uh to me uh it kind of makes this whole thing feel like unfaithful narration, but in a good way because also they there's some changes to the Victor Crawley um design in the second one. So to me it kind of feels like even though you know it's still Adam Green telling the story, he's telling the story from someone else's perspective now, which is why Victor Crowley looks different. There's a different girl playing Mary Beth. Um, you know, maybe he just couldn't get the same uh, the same actor for it. But I, I I kind of like that unfaithful narration aspect of it, where each time we see Victor Crowley, he's getting bigger and badder and scarier. I mean, that's um, what they did with uh, Jason, right? Yeah, like there's yeah. a different yeah. Jason every single time. I'm yeah. looking forward to the sequels. Um, what did what did you guys think of the uh, the the creature design? I thought he looked cool. Um, even as like the young version of him, it's obviously like super uh, callbacks to Friday the Thirteenth, which is like I said, awesome because Victor's dad is played by Jason Voorhees, one of the actors. So I thought that was really cool. Um, but I thought him as a like a child, the whole makeup stuff looked cool, and I thought him as a uh, a grown villain <laughs> looked, looked great. I thought he was a cool, a cool villain. I didn't particularly like um, little 
Victor Crowley. I thought it it looked too much like um, little um, Jason Voorhees. Um, I didn't yeah, mind it though. It was fine. What'd you say, Kyle? Oh no, I just said I um I I, I kind of feel like that was the point. Like it was done. Like I think he might have intended it that way. But so, uh, one one question that I meant to ask you guys meant to tell you guys to prepare for um it's not that hard hitting of a question though um do you think and i have evidence to support my reason for why i think it but do you guys think that victor crowley is a supernatural being or he just grew up fucked up looking and that's that that's a tough one because we've only seen the the first movie based on the first movie I would say he's just a jacked crazy dude because there's no real evidence to support otherwise. Right. Or right. Because every uh, the, my, my, the evidence I have is every time in this never happens in horror movies, but every time Victor Crawley gets hit or hurt in some way, shape or form, he, he, uh, he, he makes it known that, that, that hurt. He'll, you know, he'll fall to the ground. He'll groan. Uh, his face will, uh, when, when he gets impaled at the end, you can see like the pain in his face as he's being impaled. I'm calling it right now. He has regeneration powers. Oh, in the later ones. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, I could see that. I, I could see that. Um, but yeah, which, I think he's just a normal guy other than the X-Men superpower. um but uh were were there any uh were there any oh i i'm actually going to change my answer from earlier about about favorite kill um when jess's face gets grind when he grinds it with that sander dude the practicals on that were kind of gnarly I feel like it cut most of it out, though. It was just the blood that you really saw. Like you didn't see like the face stripping away or anything, right? No, but that after shot of her when uh, who does uh, he goes after? Uh, he just goes after the group. Um, yeah. So so once he pulls the sand the sander away, there's like a brief well, shot of. Andrew. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That. Yeah. I, was, I, I knew he went after someone. Um, uh, when he turns around to take his attention away from her, there's like a two or three second shot of her face, and it is messed up. Yeah. Um. So- yeah. The cool thing about that shot is it's uh it's pretty it's a pretty dark movie, so they could probably get away with uh, it looking better than it actually did, or maybe it just looked really great and it looked uh, equally as great with the dim lighting. I think with the evidence of the prior kills, I think it was just probably, I think it probably just looked pretty good. Cause kind of like you said with the, the kill with Shannon or even with Jim, like I think those two kills alone prove that they can do the practical effects, right. And have mm-hmm. it look okay. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think, I think it looked good. Um, and then she and- gets impaled. That was sick. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. On the the shovel. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I, I I will say I think that my third runner up because I, I uh, Ian, I think you said it. All the characters are are fairly well written in this, and they're all in their own aspects enjoyable. Um, Sean, the boat captain, I yeah. love that dude. He Wait, Sean. Yeah, isn't that his name, Sean? The Asian dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, isn't it Andrew? No, it's Sean. Or is that no. his real life name? His name is Perry. Oh. Yeah. When you I, said Andrew earlier, I, Andrew. I, I, I thought it was too when you said it. Um, but uh Sean. Um okay. oh, I yeah. love that name. character. He he goes from his uh fake New Orleans accent to his fake Asian. Yeah, yeah. his fake Asian <laughs> accent. <laughs> yeah. That was um, awesome. Were, were there any lines from Marcus that, that really stuck out to you guys? His facial expression after uh, the main dude, Ben, is talking to Mary Beth. And he's like, Mary Beth, two names. 
you're crazy. I'm just just Ben, you know? And then it pans over to Marcus and he's given the most like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? <laughs> like and it's it's awesome. It's awesome. Oh, also when he's in the tree. Like anything yep. he said there was, yeah. was pretty hilarious. Yeah, I mean, he had lines throughout the entire movie that were just great. So it wasn't one particular line. It was just his delivery of everything was just on point. His comedic timing was so funny. And um, I want to say, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he plays the uh, token black guy in Not Another Teen Movie. And he is hilarious in that. Yeah, that is him. Okay. I love that movie. Yeah, yeah it he, is. Oh my dude, God. he is hilarious in that movie. So, like, his yeah. comedic chops go back prior to this. Like, you could tell. But, um, yeah, he's great, dude. He was my favorite, my favorite character in the movie, for sure. He's also in Scream 3. That I didn't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Screen three. The worst one, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but uh before we I know I'm way late on this, before we get into our final thoughts, uh if you like what we're doing here, uh listen to a word from some of the other casts on the Ruminations Radio Network. Cause we've got to take a thick piss break. Thick piss pee. break, guys. I do have to pee. Yeah, me too over here, I'm gonna explode. Hey kids, it's Don Shanahan from the Cinephile Hissy Fit, one of the podcasts on the Ruminations Radio Network. If you've been enjoying this show, come listen to Will Johnson and I fight it out over cinema's best and worst on the Cinephile Hissy Fit. Find us and all the great shows over on RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. Welcome back. We hope you enjoyed those announcements from the Ruminations Radio Network. Please Go check out RuminationsRadioNetwork.com if you're interested. We have plenty of shows over there that will suit at least one of you guys out there. And if you don't like horror, which, why would you be listening to this if you didn't like horror? Oh, because you like us. That's right. Go check out the RuminationsRadioNetwork.com to find other podcasts. And like and subscribe. Leave a comment. <laughs> click that bell. I was just going to say. I did it for you. You heard it from the horse's mouth, folks. Um, so uh, let's get into, unless you guys had anything else you wanted to bring up about this movie, I say we get into some uh, some FTs. FTs? Some, some final thoughts. <laughs> We're calling them that from now on. This one, you know that. <laughs> I like that. Though. FTs. Uh, Ian. It uh, does. Dang. Gonna go me first, huh? Okay, Kyle. Oh! I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I loved the comedy aspect of it. The kills were great. As a horror movie, it's it stands on its own with the rest of the 2000 stuff that I'm really into. I'm glad it's not the same as your Stay Alive and House of Waxes. It has that extra element of comedy that, you know, kind of sets it apart from the other 2000 slashers I've seen. I do want to own this movie. I will own this movie. And it was a pleasant surprise. It's got a great cast. It's a good movie to watch with a group or a friend for sure. Even though I didn't, I'm going to watch it again with my girlfriend because I think that we'd have a good time. And it's made me really interested to see the sequels. Uh, more so because, you know, it's got Adam Green doing the entire thing. So it's got his handprint on everything. And I really enjoyed this. I'm going to give this movie a 70%. Oh, my God. You son of a bitch. You fucking son of a bitch. Um, Pretty much everything Kyle said. Um, I cannot wait to see Daniel Harris make an entry in this uh, series. That's going to be amazing. Um, It's really fun. R.I.P. Marcus. And I'm also... Going to give it a 70. All right. Two 70s. Um, <clears throat> thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, if you're a fan, of, a fan of Adam Green and you haven't seen it, uh, I think you will be, uh, you will enjoy it. If you're not a fan of Adam Green, but you really like 70s and 80s slashers this is a really fun mid-2000s take on that slasher that uh like it gives him more than just one weapon like the majority of uh you know slasher films do so i like the um 
how many how many wep- different weapons he used and his creativity. Uh, so I'm going to give it uh, an extra five points just because I like Adam Green. I'm going to give it a 75 because I, I, I couldn't be three 70s. That, that felt weird. Um, <laughs> I mean, but that, that would have been a solid um, average there. That is true. That is true. Um, so that brings us to an official ruminations of Red Rum score of 71.666 repeating. So I think by default, if we're rounding, it should go to 72. I was thinking that, but I, I feel like the 666 kind of gives it that extra zhuzh. Yeah, it's got the extra zhuzh. I agree. <laughs> we're sticking with the zhuzh. And Adam Green, if you're listening out there, which I know you are because we're going to tweet you. Um, <laughs> I just want to let you know that on Letterboxd, I'm putting a heart on this movie because I hearted it. So. Hey. Uh, but without further ado and it brings me so much pain that for the foreseeable time this is my last time hosting uh is it Brett? is it Brett? is it Brett? i don't know uh we got fresh or frozen uh rotten um oh i think i just might have given my first one away um are you guys oh, ready yeah! <laughs> we got them boys yeah! uh are you guys ready? Yeah. Ian, you better take this one or else. I think I'm ready. it's tradition for me to not take it. So I got to keep up with tradition, you know? <laughs> uh, Kyle, uh, do you have the, the scores? Uh, no, I'm I was saying that one. for the next one that I uh, host, but it's I will have tradition. it for you it's next tra- episode, so many- <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, and everybody else that's listening. It'll be there. It'll be ready. Uh, we got we got so many traditions here. Um, all right, let us jump onto the first one. <clears throat> As a winter storm approaches, three people become stranded on a chairlift high above the ground after a ski resort closes for the night. Genre: horror, mystery, thriller. Knock, knock, knocking on the winter's door. This is fresh. I'm gonna since Ian has seen the movie, I'm gonna take his lead on this one and go fresh. You are both wrong. It's frozen. Oh! At, at, He's usually oh my wrong. God, it's Why rotten. am I going with God. Ian on this one? I don't know. It's uh at a it has a uh, I agree with this a sixty three percent on the critic scale, but audiences gave it a forty six. That's a kicked over bucket of popcorn, baby. Mm. Mm. Uh, I give it a, a critic score, whatever that was, sixty three. Six, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, that is two thousand and tens Frozen, written and directed by Adam Green. Adam. Uh, Adam, Saddam Green. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, that was bad. Uh, all right. Number two. <clears throat> Reality and fantasy meet in unsettling ways in this installment of the long-running horror series, which finds director Wes Craven and actors Heather Loggenkamp and Robert Englund all portraying themselves. As Heather, Heather, considers making another film with Craven, her son Dylan falls under the spell of the iconic disfigured villain Freddy Krueger. Eventually, Heather must confront Freddy's demonic spirit in order to save the soul of Dylan. Genre. That's an easy one. Horror. Um, I believe people really like this one and it got it's like Known as like the second best in the series, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna go fresh. Sounds like you know, uh, <laughs> but I thought you knew the last one too. So, um, I mean, with all those names attached, you know, fresh. You are both correct. Guess number 10. Number 10. I'm going to go 77. Mm. 
I'm gonna go seventy nine. Oh, you are both wrong. It is sixty six percent. That is nineteen ninety four's Wes Craven's New Nightmares, written and directed by Wesley Craven. This is like Craven's best, right? Uh. Honestly, it's the one that I enjoy the most. I'd put it at number one. Mm-hmm. But you're not like everyone. So. Well, I, I don't really care for the series. Um, you're a different breed, Brandon. That's what I'm trying to get. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, I'm built different. Built full yeah. tough. Built full uh, tough. <laughs> I didn't realize how many uh, trigger words for the title were actually in that uh, description. Um, but this one's a little different. Are you guys ready for number three? I'm scared. <laughs> Desperate to make some money so she can move into a new apartment, college student Samantha Hughes takes a mysterious babysitting job. When she arrives at the house, Mr. Ullman mentions a full lunar eclipse and explains there is no child, but that Samantha will be watching his mother instead. After exploring the sinister-seeming house, Sarah soon becomes to realize that her employers are hiding a horrifying secret and plans to use her, dead or alive. Hmm. Hmm. Sounds familiar. Sounds interesting. I'm gonna go... Frozen. That was my initial... That was my initial thought. Um, can you repeat to me the eighth word in that <laughs> sentence? <laughs> can. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> On. In that case, uh, I- I'm going to go fresh. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Kyle, you're correct. I thought you were going to say, oh! can you repeat the second sentence or something weird <laughs> like that? But you took it better. Um, guess the percentage. I'm going to go with 67. Oh, dude, is this a paranormal activity? 67 is as close as you need to be. That's at 63%. Oh, you get another point. The movie is 2010s. Oh, I guess it was released in 2009. Um, The House of the Devil, written and directed Mm. by Ty West. That's Tyler West. Saddam West. <laughs> I'm just butchering these names today. Um, all right. Numero four. A newly married man starts to believe that his five-year-old stepson is the spawn of Satan. Genre oh, horror. horror comedy. Oh, I know what this is. I don't. Um... Damn. I'm going to go... Wait, can you repeat it one more time? Yeah. The whole thing or just a word? The whole thing. (laughs) A a newly married man starts to believe that his five-year-old stepson is the spawn of Satan. Hmm. I'm going to go... Rotten. This is on the line for me. It could either be like a little bit fresh or a little bit rotten. This is a, a Netflix original. If I'm thinking of the right movie, mm. this is like little nightmare, a little something. It's got the guy from uh, parks and rec. Oh, I've seen this movie. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. Are you sure it's the same movie? I'm pretty sure. Like yeah. with the little demon baby. The baby. little red. Yeah. Is it a baby or is it a no, kid? It's a little kid. Mm. I'm not thinking the same thing. then. Mm. I'm going to go fresh. Kyle, what'd you say? Run. Okay, that's what I thought. Uh, Kyle, you're correct. Good. 49. Well, again, you're as close as you need to be. It's a 48. It is, uh, Ian, Ian, you were so close. It's Little Evil. Yeah, Little Evil. Damn. Yeah, Yeah, that's one. It's like 48, dude. That's super close. Damn it. Yeah. 
Um, I wasn't a big fan of it, but I thought it was okay. I just thought like, cause some of the Netflix originals that that are out there are like just okay, but they do really well. Mm-hmm. And some of them are like pretty good, but they, no one likes them. So I don't know. It's hit or miss. Are you guys ready for the last one? Ready? Tiebreaker. Yep. <laughs> it's not <Yep>. a tiebreaker. <laughs> it's not a tiebreaker. Um, all right. Murder Legendaire is the menacingly named zombie master of Haiti. So it's to him that Charles Beaumont goes when he needs help for a twisted plan. Spurred in marriage by Madeline Short, Beaumont has decided on a simple solution. Kill Short and bring her back as a zombie. Then she can be his forever. The only problem comes when Legendaire keeps the fetching girl from herself, and her new husband comes to Madeline's rescue. Genre horror. Also, I'm going to give you guys one more little hint. 1932. Hmm. It's a good year. Also, what's the name of the movie? <laughs> Did ballpark. Okay, I'm going to go fresh. 32. I'm going to go fresh. I'm going to go fresh. You are actually both wrong. No! I, no! I know. It's a 1932's White Zombie. Mm. Oh. Yeah, and it's a 58 percent Oh, so close. Yeah. Um, so that means that, uh, Kyle, you have won. Unless this. you want to do another tiebreaker. It's all four episodes I won, right? Or did Ian win one? I think it's all four. Yeah, I think it's all four, too. Uh, is, sweet. Is I don't know. How, how, do you, how do you feel about your, your placing? Um, I mean, it's to be expected, honestly. Um... First, I just want to thank God for, you know, shining. Actually, that's not true. I'm an atheist. Uh, my mom just, you know, gave birth to me, and uh, she provided me with the necessary skills and knowledge uh, growing up, too. I, look, I got nothing. I knew I was going to win. I'm better at this <laughs> game than Ian. And that's just the way the cookie crumbles, man. All right. That cookie's a crumbling. Well, anyways, this has been another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum, the Marcus of the Ruminations Radio Network. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you like what we're doing here, uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Ruminations of Red Rum and on Twitter, twit, twit, Twitter, or if Elon Musk gets his way, titter, uh, at of Red Rum. That's OF Red Rum. And from the link in our Twitter, uh, you could join our Discord. Uh, and go ahead and do it. Uh, and please uh, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Make sure you hit us up with the review. Give us a rating. You can do that on Spotify now. We're sitting at a five. Keep it that way. Uh, that being said, for the last time in a while, I'm your host, Brendan, the new blood. And with me, as always, is Ian with Tweez. Tweez, go Ian, baby. Michael, take some notes here from Victor Crowley while you're playing Babyface from The Hills Run Red. Um, need those numbers pumped up, bro. Uh, everyone else, yeah, just, just, just do good. Be better. Be better people. Respect each other. And just like, but like, don't talk to each other. Like, just respect people's spaces. And yeah, yeah. Just don't talk to me either. <laughs> and also, the ever fantastic Kyle with okay. I just want to give a shout out to my two lovely co-hosts, Brendan and Ian. You both did an awesome job during your months hosting the red room cast to where you guys, without you guys here, the cast just wouldn't be the same. So I'm glad you guys are a part of this. I'm glad you guys had your months the next one is mine, baby. And uh, do, do we know what that month is yet? <clears throat> I'll let you guys know on the next episode. Um, <laughs> Anyways, um, stay spooky.
either Ian took a stop and go piss or uh, that noise was interrupting because I would hear like a stream for two seconds and then I would hear that creepy noise and then I'd hear your stream again and then it'd go back to the creepy noise and then I heard you fart. <laughs> I don't remember farting. Oh, well, so maybe, maybe it was a door. There was some, or maybe it was <laughs> the ghost. Um, no, I don't stop and go though. Okay, but well, I, I do have you. a ghost following me, so I'm glad that there's evidence. <laughs> Who can stop and go? What psychopath? I know you can, but who does it? Like <laughs> just to do it? I don't think anyone does it just to do it. It's a prostate issue. God damn. Uh, anyway, I tried it like actually this this weekend. 